You are Locked On Padres. Your daily San Diego Padres podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Greetings, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to another edition of Lockdown Padres Podcast, which is part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day for Friday, July 8th. As always, I'm your host with sometimes, occasionally, but certainly not always the most, Javier Reyes. You might be familiar with some of my baseball-related work at Just Baseball, where I'm a staff writer. You could follow me on Twitter at Javapeno, which is spelled J-A-V-I-I-P-E-N-O, or at L-O underscore Padres for specifically Padres content. Um, apologies for the late upload. And it's been a weird past couple weeks. What can I say? I've been working hard. I've been going through some stuff, some some anxiety-related stuff. It's, it's all new to me, let me tell you. It's very new to me. But we're still pumping out shows, guys, and unfortunately, you know, e- even if I want to, I cannot not talk about what happened last night in the Padres game. We're going to be talking about that specifically uh, for the most part of today's episode, the events that transpired in last night's game, um, and just kind of, you know, what it means. And obviously what I'm alluding to is, of course, Jerickson Profar, a very scary injury. The game, in a lot of ways, doesn't matter. Um, dare I say there was a almost Friday Night Lights, uh, the pilot of Friday Night Lights, if anyone's ever seen it, kind of vibe to it because of how the game ended up ending with Jorge Alfaro walking it off, which we'll get into a little bit later. But let's first start with Profar, who runs into C.J. Abrams, or C.J. Abrams runs into him with his knee to his face on a fly ball. Now, there is a lot of things to get into. First of all, at the time of this recording, the latest update was, let me just pull that up for you from the Padres' uh, Twitter account themselves, saying, and I quote, assuming my Twitter would load for me, God forbid it loads for me while I'm doing this podcast, Unbelievable. Unbelievable. The one the one time my Twitter just decides not to load. Anyway, there we go. Um, medical update. Jerkson Profar has been diagnosed with a concussion and a cervical neck strain. Um, he was discharged from the hospital overnight and is currently resting. We will continue to provide updates on his status when possible. Um, yeah. Um, hmm. I don't really know where... First of all, let's talk about the play itself. I mean, I also want to just say before we get further into this episode, when I talk about kind of what it means for the team going forward, I'm not trying to make light of it. This is just my job to kind of give you guys the take and the detail of what what this means for the team. But in all seriousness, the game really didn't matter after this. It was a very scary injury um, relating to Abrams, and maybe it was Profar who should have gone for the ball. Um, Abrams having a rough going of things. Also thinking about him, he can't feel very uh, good about himself right now. And Profar was on the ground for a while. And most disturbingly, Jerickson Profar, for people who are watching the broadcast, which it was very scary in the moment, but then you watch the replay and the way it hit his, the knee collided with the head was really rough. I'm not going to link it or anything in the description. You guys can go find that if you wish. But um, the other thing that I feel like needs to be talked about here is I'm not a doctor. I'm not an expert. Obviously, uh, if you've been listening to this pod, I'm kind of an idiot in a lot of ways. So let me just clear, preface that by saying, you know, I don't have the qualifications, but just in the moment, me watching, I really was wondering 
why the Padres handled this situation the way they did. Um, I'm not talking about like the teammates, but like doctors and team officials are on the scene, and I'm wondering what. Why is it taking, first of all, why is it taking so long for the cart slash stretcher to be brought out for this guy? Because clearly this was a really rough injury and he needed some help. He gets up at once and then he stumbles a little bit. And I don't know why people aren't like guiding him and kind of carrying him to the locker room, making sure, yeah, maybe he wants to test it for a second to see if he can move. But clearly uh, that wasn't necessarily something he was capable of and then they kind of let him keep walking again and he slips and falls to the ground uh i shouldn't even say slip he just started he collapsed to the ground like basically afterwards which was genuinely scary um that was the part where i was like oh my god um and this is some cervix injury like i said i don't not like a huge update with this but my first reaction and i, I put this on twitter is also like Profar is awesome. Like, I really love Jerickson Profar. Um, I've said this for a while. I said this even when he wasn't particularly good, as I was a big fan of his. And the smile and the batting stance, the attitude, the clubhouse vibes, and just watching him play baseball, I really enjoyed. And then on top of that, he'd been a really key player. And this really does not matter uh, when it comes to just the health of a person, another human individual. But let's face it, they are baseball players. This is what we talk about. He'd been having a great season, and he was a really good player. And yeah, he'd been a little bit of a slump lately, not really slugging the ball, but just, I've described it all year, he's kind of been what we wanted Trent Grisham to be, uh, just as a, a player overall, like a pretty solid defender, a guy that's got, you know, a modest amount of power. Grisham probably has a little bit more power upside, I think, um, at this stage of his career, because he is, you know, just, that's just my opinion, we'll get to that another time, but you know, Profar's also dealt with a lot. He's had shoulder injuries that's really hampered him. This is a former top overall prospect that, you know, I don't want to say a bust. That's kind of a, a word that I, you know, try not to throw around as much as I can. I know I do sometimes, but I try not to throw it around too much because it's it's really mean uh, in a lot of ways. If you make it to Major League Baseball in the first place, that's incredible. But what happened here with Profar, you know, he's he's in Texas, he has all these injuries that he's dealing with, and including a shoulder injury, and going from the top overall prospect and having a myriad, uh, just a, a multitude of, of different injuries, kind of derailed his career, and then he slowly has to start building up, he doesn't succeed with the Rangers, then he goes to Oakland, and he, you know, he gives you 20 home runs, but he's a little bit weird at second base, he has this issue with the yips and whatnot, so to see all of him go through all of that, have a solid 2020 season that got him the contract with the Padres in the first place and then kind of falter in 2021 but really put it together this year and also for a player who's still pretty young um it should be mentioned that Jerickson Profar is very young I believe he's only 29 years old still um which is which is crazy yeah only 29 years old he might have finally been putting something together so my heart goes out to Jerickson Profar sending all the cosmic universal energies uh, his way because that was really scary and I am wondering why why were people not getting to him and helping him up more and, and helping him walk why did it take so long for the cart to get out there that was very scary and I'm not really sure what took the Padres so long that was very rough uh, I just I didn't get it but you know again thoughts going out it was really rough I hate that my return to this podcast is doing an episode talking about this but unfortunately it is very newsworthy um and it's, it's just a bummer, man. You got the new City Connect jerseys, which we'll talk about in a little bit, uh, coming out. 
you had a good start for Musgrove and all that, but it's just now at the back of my mind, I'm like, none of this matters. I just hope Jurisdiction Profile is okay. And of course, we'll update you as time goes along. But we also got to talk about what this may mean for the Padres. We got to talk about what this means, unfortunately, not to be too, you know, uh, just, I don't know what the word is, bureaucratic or whatever the heck about it. Uh, but we got to talk about what this means for the team going forward, guys. But before we get into that, let me talk to you about something real cool. All right. Real, real cool. I only talk to you guys about the coolest of things. All right. Only the coolest of things. It's an app. It's the best way to to do sports card investing. Guys, welcome to the world of sports cards. Reimagine. The sports card investor app is the hobby's most powerful resource. Quickly check the value of your favorite cards, find great deals, and profit from the hobby that you love. Available completely for free in the Google Play and App Store. The sports card investor app is a must-have for baseball fans. All right, it's completely free. There's over 630,000 cards, man. You got, you know, you just check latest values. You know, they've got seven-day and 30-day charts. They've got all sorts of guys and cards for you to take a look at, guys. Download the Sports Card Investor app today, available for free in the Google Play and Apple app stores, or go to sportscardinvestor.com backslash locked on. Be sure to do that, folks. Very, very, very cool. Let's continue talking, ladies and gentlemen. Let's continue talking. So with this Jerickson Profar injury, um, I actually, let me just pull up the lineup right now for the game tonight. Um, if I'm not mistaken, it's uh, it should be, let's see who's in left field. It is Batten. I actually have no idea who Batten is. Craig Batten? I forgot who, who this fella is, but it's probably somebody that they called up. I'm unfamiliar with him, but bottom line is this. You got a Zokar in right field, Grisham in center field. That outfield is... Uh, Less than ideal, I'd say. Nomar Mazzara looks like he's getting a day off, or maybe he also got injured. I'm not entirely sure. But um, what this does for the Padres going forward is a lot of things. First of all, I think that it's not really... We, we do have to monitor Drix and Profar's status, but it's not going to be a surprise to anyone that the Padres really... I mean, I just mentioned that outfield with Grisham, who clearly it, it just doesn't seem like it's 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 going to work out for him at least at the level that we expected or hoped um and then Jose Azokar and Batten uh just not a championship slash playoff level outfield that's what it feels like right now um and I know that Will Myers is hurt and I know that we have Tatis hurt and he might be someone that plays in the outfield there were some videos of him going around of him practicing the outfield they might need him to go in the outfield when he gets back and this doesn't have anything to do with me slandering Tatis's defense uh which I think is one of the more overstated storylines I, I really do uh in Major League Baseball I, I really really do because in 2020 he was great and then in 2021 he was bad but at the beginning because of the errors but of course the errors don't tell you the full story uh about defense and then he became okay like he was meh you know what I mean? He wasn't great. It wasn't a plus defender, but he wasn't this, you know, absolute albatross liability in the field that I think a lot of people made him out to be. So um, that's not why Tatis might have to play the outfield. The reason he might have to is because of this Jerickson profile injury and the fact that the Padres are incredibly, and I mean incredibly, 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 incredibly shallow when it comes to their outfield depth. Um, and, and I understand that there's 
the trade deadline coming up, right? And there's guys like Austin Hayes out there. Heck, you might even, if you want to go bargain bin, Robbie Grossman of the Detroit Tigers. Like, he's not particularly having a great season, but I think he's a good player. I don't think he swings at bad pitches. I talked about him last year as a guy that the Padres should maybe potentially target. Maybe the the Royals sell on Whit Merrifield or something like that, right? And then you've got some other big ones. I mentioned Austin Hayes. you got Andrew Benintendi, who everybody's probably going to be going after. Um... You know, at this trade deadline, he's having a great year, and I'm actually kind of buying it. I think that he's got a really solid hit tool, and I don't think this is going to be like an Adam Frazier thing where the Padres buy high um, on someone who's just randomly having a really good first half. Uh, I don't think that's going to happen uh, with Andrew Benintendi, right? And also not to mention the players that the Padres gave up for Adam Frazier, uh, not too bad. Jack Sawinski, he's got some power that the Padres desperately uh, could use right now. But... um. Let me see if I can find Robbie Grossman real quick. Where is he? Yeah, he's not having the best of season. 208 average, but he's still got a 313 on base. He's not slugging, though. He's having a pretty bad year, but it's just players like that, players along those lines that I think could really help the Padres, obviously. And there's going to be some other team guys that pop up as time goes on. Maybe teams like Seattle, or no, not, not Seattle. What's the What's the team? It's not Seattle. Who's he, who the heck is there? Oakland. Uh, there we go. With like Ramon Laureano. Like that's a guy that you could plug into the outfield somewhere. I know that he's not having the greatest of seasons right now, but he did just get back from his suspension. Probably won't cost too much. So there are options out there. Um, and I'm I'm really scared, of, of course, that the Padres will go back to doing what A.J. Preller has been known to do over the past, you know, few seasons, which is kind of going back on things that he just can't let go sometimes, right? But in fairness, we'll talk about him a little bit later with Jorge Alfaro, but Joey Gallo is a guy that I actually could see a universe in which the Padres trade and buy low on him. He's been awful with the Yankees, and in theory, he's actually kind of a great fit for this Padres team, in theory. What I mean by that is a guy who will get you the walks. On base is always great. We don't need batting average necessarily right now could argue don't ever need batting average but he's going to give you the walks hopefully and he has that unbelievable power right in 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 his bat right this is a guy the Padres have been targeting before and he can be a really great defender which in right field especially uh the Padres have lacked uh they've lacked a good defense in general over the past few years um when it comes to their outfield but for Joey Gallo in theory that's why he would be a great fit but unfortunately this year he's been awful he's been one of the worst players on like best teams that I can think of. Every team's got a, you know, black sheep, but honestly, Joey Gallo, like considering the Yankees are like one of the best teams in baseball, if not the best, he's been so disappointing and he keeps getting opportunities. I think that there is a very negative bad universe, and I talked about this with Ty Dane Gonzalez, um, host of Lockdown Mariners on Monday, where the Padres made that reported trade where they gave up Abrams for Joey Gallo or both Abrams or Gore or just Gore. Uh, that is what reportedly the Rangers were asking for. Uh, either one of those really rough. And I know Abrams has been, you know, not great out of the gate. And again, really thinking about him, especially um, after last night, but you know, thrilled the Padres didn't make that trade. Cause I don't know what I would have done. I don't know what we would have done if that happens, but uh, with Gallo this year, I mean, he's batting 165. His walk rate is still okay at 286, but that 165, and he's not even slugging all that much. He's got 10 bombs. He's just 
I'm I don't know if it's it's worth taking a flyer on Gallo. I wouldn't mind it certainly because if he does what his statistics have given him before, which is a 200 average but like a 360 on base and like 35 home runs and good defense, then yeah, the Padres would absolutely use that. But this is also a good case of like the analytics movement, right? He's kind of the face of the analytics numbers movement, nerds, right? Where like the numbers are like, yeah, this is a a good player. And then everyone who watches him is like, I don't like this guy. I don't like that he strikes out 30% of the time. It just doesn't feel like it's going to age well, right? In the case of Gal, it hasn't. But that being said, seriously though, a buy low option, I don't hate it for the Padres, but especially because I really do think it's not going to cost anything at this point to get Joey Gallo for a rental for half a season. There are worse moves to do out there. The second thing that the Padres could do is they could call up a prospect. Um, And there's a couple, all right? There's a couple of prospects that the Padres have. You got your James Woods out there. You got your, your Robert Hassel, who in MLB pipeline, by the way, they ranked him in like the top 25 or so in their top overall prospects in, in baseball. So he's up there. And then you've got Estuary Ruiz, who's a really interesting name that's been kind of making all the headlines because he's been stealing bags left and right, ladies and gentlemen. I think he had uh, recently like a seven-game streak of stealing bases. This guy is so, so, so much fun uh, to the point where I can't wait. Like I cannot wait until uh, he gets called up eventually just because I, I really do think that he's going to be a blast. Yeah, looking at 20... What is it? 2021 right now, or 2022? I'm sorry. Looking at his numbers right now, he's slashing 344, 474 on base, 611 slugging. Uh, so a, um, a hint of power, and then he's got 37 steals, uh, which is just crazy. He steals bags like it's going out of style, guys. Um, he he's just he's actually got 57 steals. I'm sorry. I was looking at both um his AAA and AA stats where he has 30 and then. Um, 27, respectively. That's It's nuts. So Estuary Ruiz is a guy that maybe the Padres might consider calling up, especially after this injury. Again, we're going to have to see how everything transpires. The trade deadline is going to be here before you know it. But yeah, man. I mean, that's kind of what the Padres are looking at right now with Estuary Ruiz. Um, I don't know what's going to happen. Again, He's succeeded pretty much in AAA and whatnot, and the Padres have clearly shown with the promotion of Abrams, for example, and even Campizano at times, that they aren't, uh, what's the word? They aren't shy about promoting their prospects, even if they might not have a great uh, long amount of time developing and they might not be ready yet. So that's the name I would keep out for, keep an eye out for, guys. Estrella Ruiz. Be a fun player. We'll see what happens. It wouldn't necessarily help this Padres team. I think this Padres team desperately needs some pop, uh, especially with Tatis gone. But bottom line is we just need players who are overall good right now, right? Uh, So we'll see how it transpires uh, for the team going forward. But it is a huge problem um, out of all the players and like the things that could happen an injury to an outfielder is really rough because they are very shallow there. And now Trent Grisham's your best defender and Grisham's had a lot of issues as I've discussed over the years. So going to have to see how it all pans out guys. But I don't want to end on like a sour sort of sad note guys. Let's talk about last night's game. But actually before we do that guys, let me talk to you about bars ladies and gentlemen from the people who invented healthy and tasty comes the latest gift to your taste buds (laughs) you've probably tried the amazing coconut brownie chunk bill bar but guess what 
Your friends at Built Bar, they're giving it the puff treatment. That's right. They're coming out with puffs for the coconut brownie chunk flavor. The puffs are super good. I kind of equate them to a little bit like the Almond Joy mounds, you know, that that type of vibe to it. Uh, but, man, are they good. And they're super healthy for you guys. That's the big thing about these um, protein bars is that, you know, with the grams of sugar and all that stuff, um, you can basically snack and be good. Uh, protein, collagen protein, absorbs more efficiently. Tons of health benefits. I mean... What more do I have to say, guys? Delicious coconut, rich, sweet brownie, creamy marshmallow. Stop fantasizing. Go to Built.com to order your box of coconut brownie chunk puffs right now. Go to Built.com and use promo code LOCKED15 and get 15% off your order. Remember that is promo code LOCKED15. All right, guys, let's talk about the current state of the Padres and last night's game. First of all, uh, Joe Musgrove, got to mention him. He's had two straight uh, good starts ever since the start. And I did mention this uh, when he gave up six runs against Philly, a pretty good team. Did mention, hey, he just came off the COVID IL. That is something that we should talk about. Who knows if maybe he wasn't in the best uh, state of health and whatnot. Had his like first bad start of the season and then followed that off. Followed that up with a pretty good start against the Dodgers. Unfortunately, Justin Turner, my nemesis, uh, accounted for all three runs with two home runs. And he hasn't even been having a good year. So it's just frustrating to see that. But he still only walked one, went seven innings, struck out ten. It was still a pretty good start for Musgrove, all things considered. And then last night, four walks, which was a little bit more than usual for Mr. Joe Musgrove. But only one hit allowed, no earned runs, six Ks against an offense in San Francisco that's okay. It hasn't been awesome all the time this year uh it's been like a weird one to be honest with you san francisco is a really weird team um but he was great and that's you know i i I joked about this a while ago on an episode but joe musgrove i mean i mean what else do you want me to say joe musgrove he's joe musgrove um but the big highlight of the night of course aside from you know, for the Giants' sake, uh, wow, voice crack. Uh, the Giants uh, tying the game in the top of the ninth, and Taylor Rodgers getting the blown save, which was a bummer. Um, we did have a Manny Machado home run, by the way, which was really cool. His first um, back from the aisle stint that he had, where we thought he might have broken his leg, but he didn't. Thank, thank God, man. That was that was great. Um, but in this game, the Padres, they end up getting the bases loaded, in part thanks to the extra inning rule. And then Jorge Alfaro hits a big-time single that maybe, maybe gets caught if the, bat, if the outfielder was actually going for it. But because it was nobody out and bases loaded, it didn't matter. Jorge Alfaro with another walk-off. That is his... I believe third of the year, which is crazy. He had the one against the Marlins, which was absolutely phenomenal. By the way, I, I have to talk it. The Marlins, him walking off against the Marlins is just awesome. And Alfaro in general, uh, this is starting to really be a thing that we have to talk about more because I didn't like the move when they they brought him over, but it was the type of move you can't really get mad at. I was like, eh, I don't think he's very good. He swings at everything. He's got no plate discipline. He's not the best defender. And, oh, he plays left field. No, he doesn't. The Marlins were just putting him there for whatever reason because the Marlins are the Marlins. Um, but what happens is I'm also like, well... It also doesn't matter because we had Austin Nola and we had Luis Campizano as a prospect. So I was like, it doesn't matter. As a backup sort of guy, didn't mind the Alfaro thing. Then it started becoming, huh, yeah, he's pretty okay as a backup catcher. And now it's become like this guy might have to just be the starting catcher because as of right now, um, just for some quick numbers, he's got a 1.2 F4, which by the way, 
keep in context that he hasn't has had as many plate appearances. And also he is a catcher, right? Like anything that you get that's average offense for other position players is like pretty great uh, for catchers, right? He's got a WRC plus of 117 right now, over 170 plate appearances, six bombs on the season. And he's had some clutch hits, and he's fast. He's a freak athlete. He's always been a freak athlete, but it hasn't always translated. And for the Padres, it's been really awesome. So, as I mentioned earlier, with A.J. Preller sometimes just dipping back into the well of players that he used to know or from Texas and his time there, right? It's actually really worked out awesome for for the Padres this year. So, so shout out to Jorge Alfaro. It was very, very funny to see him drop the F-bomb on live TV. Uh Hopefully not too many kids were watching and whatnot. Um, That was still a lot of fun to see. And it, you know, it doesn't make up for what happened in the slightest of jerks in Profar. But that's why I kind of compared it to Friday Night Lights where it's this, if you've ever seen the pilot, like the quarterback gets hurt and then they, the backup comes in and has this game winning, like drive a miracle play. Like that's, you know, the Padres had a game winner. So hopefully they can continue the success. And over the last couple weeks, Obviously, I haven't been doing as many podcasts, hoping to amend that and do more episodes uh, over the next week and what have you. But the Padres have been a little bit on a losing skid, so I do want to wait before I give my thoughts on that and kind of talk about whether or not, give a full episode about really whether or not the Padres uh, might suffer another collapse, um, because there's still so much more to go through, right? This is just a natural, I think it could be a natural losing skid for a pretty good team that hopefully is going to get some help elsewhere. Hopefully some moves can be made at the deadline. Some moves that I don't think will necessarily cost too much. We're going to have to see what happens because, you know, we're going to have to see what happens with, you know, they don't need a starting pitcher really, but, you know, is is Preller going to do something? Because he's been quiet for a while, guys. And I'm not saying he's going to do something on the level of a Juan Soto trade, but there's... There, it's just he's quiet, and Preller is usually not this quiet. At least it doesn't feel like he usually is, right? So we'll have to see how it pans out, and I would expect the Padres to trade for some outfield and bullpen help, um, which shouldn't really, it shouldn't be like a giant cost of anything. I do want to see how it transpires. I do want to see if Estuary Ruiz comes up, and maybe he's great, and then they're like, okay, maybe we don't have to, to go super hard on an outfielder. Maybe we just take a flyer on Joey Gallo instead of Batten, and, and maybe maybe move around Mazzara, and stuff like that, right? So, we'll see how that all transpires, but the biggest thing for the second half is going to be Tatis. And yes, the Padres got absolutely clowned by the Dodgers for the most part. That wasn't great. Um, and the loss against the Diamondbacks, blowing the 6 nothing lead. I was in North Carolina, actually. We were having like a, a family like get-together. We were in the middle of a family dinner. But I saw that they blew the lead, and I was really frustrated. Uh, but nonetheless, guys, there's still so much time left. And remember that plenty of teams go through these skids. Um, last season, the Padres started off great, and they did fall down. But Braves started off poorly and went back up. There's, It's a game of runs, right? It's like the sport of basketball where teams go on 8-0, 9-0 runs, but it's entire games for an entire season. That's kind of how baseball works. So don't freak out. There's still plenty of reason for optimism because I do think fundamentally this is still a solid team, and we still got Tatis coming back, hopefully. So keep the faith as always. And as always, everybody. Thank you for listening to the Lockdown Padres podcast, the only pod that may be better than the Padres themselves. Remember to subscribe to the podcast wherever you get your podcasts from, Stitcher, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, 
wherever, wherever. Follow me on Twitter at Javapeno, J-A-V-I-I-P-E-N-O. And until next time. And also, wait, wait, real quick. Also, subscribe to the YouTube. You guys know. You guys know already. Come on. Until next time, stay safe and, of course, stay faithful. My Fire Faithful homies, take care.